Visit us online at WPBQRadio.com for contests, who's on the air, and more. Join the Listener Club, artist info, events, and much more. Cool 94.3 FM, 1240 AM. WPBQ, the voice of the people. Grace, mercy, honor, and faith all equate. 94.3 on WPBQ are paid advertisements and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of Ori Broadcasting and its affiliates. Friends, I know you were blessed uh, by uh, that very powerful praise and worship uh, by our True Vine praise team, and we thank God for them uh, serving and worshiping uh, our Lord and our Savior, ushering us into the very presence of God, that even though we're not uh, able to come together physically, we are still connecting spiritually because the Bible says the true worshipers can worship the Father in spirit and in truth. I want you to join me today in the book of Acts chapter 3. The book of Acts chapter 3, I believe today that the God that we serve is a God that uh, is not only he sits high and he looks low, uh, but he's also a God that is very active in the affairs of humanity and especially his children, his chosen ones. And we want to invite you today uh, because I believe there is a message from the Lord because again we're living in the midst of a global pandemic, a global crisis, and not only that but a social and a societal crisis. But I believe that God is able to speak to us in order to let us know that his hand is in it. Uh, even when we cannot trace the Lord, we can still trust him. But in the book of Acts chapter 3 verse 1, you find this works now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour, and a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand, lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he leaping up stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they knew that it was he which sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto him. Friends, I want you to join me today as I speak from the subject, I feel for you. I feel for you. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you now that you are a God who is with us in the midst of crises. Father, speak to us in a very clear way, in a very powerful way, Father, to help us to elevate our spirits above what we're going through, Father, so that we can be uh, the church and the people that you've called us to be. Thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 
Friends, I want to talk to you a day today about that thought I feel for you, and it is the thought that the Lord laid upon my heart, and many of you remember that song back in 1984. It was recorded by an R&B legend by the name of Shaka Khan. She actually did not write it. It was written by Prince, but she later records it, and she deals with this, uh, this uh, message and this issue of love because any song or any thought that is of love is of God because God is love. Uh, but she challenges us to make a connection between when you're saying or voicing your love for someone and really feeling the true blessing and the true touch that comes from when you really love someone because she records in the lyrics of the song she says i feel for you i think that i love you and she uh, helps us to press beyond the mechanical the methodical uh, love that is a physical touch and reach beyond it to the touch that really makes for a transformed and a very powerful life I believe today that God uh, wants every believer to live a transformed life because it's hard to be transformational if you haven't been transformed, which means then that oftentimes when we find ourselves uh, in situations and circumstances surrounded by our environment, it becomes God's way of transforming us so that we can be the transforming agents in the world and in the environment around us. Friends, I want you to join me on this journey as we walk down this Jerusalem street and we're going to turn the corner. Would you turn it with me? As we turn up into this particular gate, uh, there are several gates entering to the temple, but this particular gate today is the scene of our story. And Luke is recording it. He is a physician it would surely be interesting that this man that has laid daily at the gate of the temple called Beautiful, and the text declares to us that his physical impediment is that he is lame. What does that mean, lame? Well, when you look deeper at it, you think in health terms, physiological terms, you discover that his mind or his brain is sending signals to his feet that his feet is not able to receive. In other words, friends, spiritually, and I want you to walk with me in your minds to put a spiritual twist to this, that his feet was out of touch with the rest of his body. Isn't it something when there's a part of you that's attached to you that you cannot touch? Or either when you touch it, you don't get any response or reply. Well, I believe today that God is challenging us that in this generation, in this society, we need to get to the point of truly feeling and truly being touched by what each other goes through on all of the environment and circumstances around us. In other words, that we would be able to say, I truly feel for you. I want you to follow me with this because Luke is, in a sense, very clever, but it's really the work of the Holy Spirit that Luke, as we come to this text, 
he's using our assumptions to draw us into a dialogue that's going to spring a surprise of revelation. Because oftentimes in life, without even knowing it, friends, we draw conclusions based off of assumptions. What do you mean? Well, first of all, this man is lame, and Luke is, in a sense, suggesting to us that we can empathize with somebody that's lame, can't we? We can empathize with them sitting at the gate of the temple. Everybody is going in except him. Haven't you been there? Haven't you felt that way? Everybody else is doing things. Everybody else is prospering, succeeding, moving forward in life. Everybody but you. You've been there, haven't you? Well, he says he's lame. They only can lay him at the gate, suggesting then there's just only so far people and society can carry you. But they carried him as far as they could and daily laid him at the gate of the temple. But we see it, don't we? We empathize with him. We can sympathize with him, can't we? Or can we? Luke here is very cleverly suggesting to us we assume that we know how people feel. We assume that we have been in people's foots, that we have been in people's shoes. We assume that we know each other, the people around us. We assume that we know how they feel. But friends, can I uh, probe your assumption this morning to ask you a question? Have you ever been lame? I'm, 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 I'm going somewhere with this because oftentimes in society, when one segment of society is oppressed and suppressed and depressed, we tend to think then that we truly understand that aspect of society. But friends, here's what I want to dig down to ask our generation. Do we really know what it feels like to be black? Do we really know what it feels like to be African-American? I want to know, do you know how it feels like to be racially profiled? I'm not talking about criminally profiled. Criminal profiling is when you profile somebody after they've done something. But racial profiling is before I've committed an act, there is suspicion and doubt raised against me even before I get an opportunity to reveal my character and my true content. Friends, do we really know what it's like to be in somebody else's shoes? Luke is, in a sense, drawing us in with our assumptions because we assume we know how he feels. But friends, oftentimes we do not which is why God allows us to go through some things that takes us into the lives of people who are around us. He's lame. His mind is sending. And friends, what's interesting about it is he was lame, the text says, from his mother's womb. Which means that he didn't, it wasn't like when he came out, when he was born, he said, I want to be lame. It wasn't like he was, he was saying, I want to be laid daily at the gate of the temple. It wasn't like we're saying that we, 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 when we came out, we asked to be this color. We, we asked to be tall or short or thin. We asked to have big lips or big ears. We didn't ask for things 
But life gives us things and it allows us to present ourselves as who we are. But oftentimes, friends, we live in a world, we live in a society where we are judged simply by the external things and we don't take the time to get really get to know people. Well, how can we then really get to the point of helping and really get to the point of the breakthrough of this? Well, I am really glad you asked it because that's the part that I want to share with you this morning. I believe that, that the first thing that we're going to do, if we're going to really feel for one another, if we're going to get the feeling back in our feet, uh, the first thing we have to do is, number one, is seek intimacy. We're going to have to seek intimacy. Watch what the word says that Peter and John went up into the temple at the ninth hour. They did it daily and they went up into the temple in order to pray. Friends, because prayer is the way that we seek intimacy, first of all, with God. Intimacy is a word that follows us throughout the Bible from the Old Testament into the New because when God first delivered his people, he brought them out of Egypt and into the wilderness and there he implemented what's known as the daily sacrifice. Well, because remember before that time he brought them out overnight, remember? Over in Exodus chapter 14, a strong east wind blew all night and they went over on dry land. It was overnight. God can work out your problem overnight. But friends, sometimes he allows you to stay in it because he gets more glory out of you being in it than out of it. But he brings them out, brings them into the wilderness, and there he stops because he let them in a fire by night, a cloud by day. But all of a sudden, God stops. What do you do when God is moving in your life? Then all of a sudden, he stops. Well, sometimes God allows stoppages because stops and starts in our life allows us to the time to build intimacy. Friends, it was there that he implemented the daily sacrifices because he wanted them to know that if this relationship is going to go from one level to the next. If we're just only going to be friends, you know, some people cope the Lord. Some people just cope God. They come to him on Sunday mornings. Well, on the rest of the week, they don't serve the Lord. But I thank God that there are some people listening to me that don't really cope the Lord. You're married to God. And friends, when you're married to him, he'll bring you into wilderness experiences. Because he wants to build intimacy in your life. He builds intimacy because in the intimacy, friends, he helps us to understand the truly depths of this, this word. Because think about it, this man's feet and ankle bones are lame. And when you really look at the word for feet, when you study a word study, it gives you the word for an Old Testament word, for a base, a foundation, and even for a temple. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying that the Holy Spirit is revealing to us that this man's problem was not just individualistic. This man's problem was systemic. Friends, could it be today that our problem may not even really be with the officer? who had his knee on George Floyd, even though he is a problem and he will pay for what he has done. 
But could it be that he's really not the source of the problem in the first place? Could it be that it's greater than that? It's systemic. It's in our culture. It's, 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 in our, it's, it's in our world. You can walk down the street. You can go into the mall. And, and, and people will just, uh, 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 if somebody's walking on the same side of the street with you, uh, if they are different colors, sometimes, not all of them, not all of the time, but sometimes they'll walk across on the other side. Why do they do that, friends? Why would somebody fear you? Uh, it's because we live in a culture where there is systemic profiling and racism. But I believe, and which is why, friends, we got to get intimate, intimate with God because we might can change people, but only God Almighty can change systems. Friends, the problem, look at it with me, is in his feet. And which, which, when you look at the feet, it's connected. The feet and the ankle are connected through a tendon. You missed it. I'm going to help you this morning. It's still early. A tendon, in other words, a tendency. We have a ten, we have certain tendencies. And God is able to transform not just only your life, but He's got so much power. He can change human tendencies. The Bible says that the king's heart is in the hand of God. What does that mean? That means that we have a tendency. If you think about it, David said it this way, I was born in sin. I was shaped in iniquity, which means then that I have a tendency to do some things. I, it, it's not so much the fact that I want to profile. It's, it's the tendency that's in my heart. Uh, friends, it lets us know today that if we're really going to really heal this, number one, we have to seek intimacy. Number two, we've got to be able to sense possibility. Can you sense it with me? Sense possibility. Everybody else that looked at this man did not see any possibility in him. Friends, when we look at our police department do we look at them and just say, let's just condemn everybody? Or do we look at them and say, you know what? With God on our side, and if we go at it with wisdom, maybe we can get into their world and we can transform it. Because here it is, friends. You can only transform a system by getting in the system. Did y'all hear that this morning? You can only transform a system. Let, let, me, let me break it down theologically. Even when, when, when Adam and Eve sinned, God could have said and pronounced healing from heaven. He could have said, with my stripes you're healed. Why? But the, but, but the point is, you can never change a system being outside of the system. You can only change it by getting on the inside. What are you saying? I'm saying then that if we're going to truly change the world around us, we've got to get in the world. If we're going to really change the police, what does that mean? We need more godly policemen. Because no matter how you hurl insults, no matter how you hurl your opinions and points, really it doesn't matter. It doesn't change anything. Why? Because you cannot change something on the outside 
You can only change it from the inside. God had to leave divinity, take on humanity, born of a virgin Mary, stopped off in Nazareth on his way to Jerusalem. And it was there that he was crucified. He died. Why? Because in order to change the system, he had to become a part of the system. And because one man had sinned, then friends, one man had to come and give his life for the sins of the world and he couldn't do it from the outside. He had to do it from the inside. Friends, you can always look at the church, the community. You can always look at your family and say, this needs to be done. That needs to be done. That's not right. This is, it's easy to be a, a, a second. It's easy to be a, a, a Monday morning quarterback or an armchair quarterback. But what we need is people who have the courage to say, you know what? I'm going to get educated. I'm going to get the skills. I'm going to get the training. Why? Because I'm going to get on the inside because I can only change it when I get inside. And how many of you know that God couldn't really change us? Oh, until he got on the inside. Remember, he gave the law into Moses' hands, but that's the law on the inside. But on the day of Pentecost, you remember it, don't you? In Acts chapter 2, I'm talking about before we get to 3. In chapter 2, the Holy Ghost came from heaven and filled them on the inside. And I want to ask you this morning, have you been filled on the inside? Because you can never change stuff in this world on the outside until you got God on the inside and Christ in us. Is what Paul said is the hope of glory. And friends, I believe today that there's a lot of possibility, but I, I can't sense possibility until there's been intimacy with God. And when I know who God is, friends, then I know who you are. Do you have people around you today who see the possibilities? Friends, watch this. This man had never walked, but how many know when God is in it, Amen. He turns your never into will. Amen. He takes what people say you will never be able to do because you may say, well, I'm the, I haven't, you know, nobody in my family has never uh, uh, got their doctorate. No one in my family has ever lived on the other side of the town. Nobody in my house, nobody in my class, because friend, don't judge your success by everybody else. Because, friends, when we really look at this man's life, he not only experiences elevation when he's lifted up, but I want to pronounce a word on somebody that God is going to also pronounce acceleration on your life. Everybody went by him daily, but one day God touched him. How many of you know he may not come when you want him to come, but I may have some witnesses that can praise him this morning. He's always on time. Somebody help me praise him this morning out there. Somebody help me give him glory and honor because somebody's feet and ankle bones are receiving strength. Don't you see it? Don't you sense it that if we have God on our side, we're going to transform. People may say, well, it's writing. Is it, is it biblical? Friends, yes, writing is biblical because Jesus says in Matthew chapter 11, he says that the kingdom of God suffers violence and the violence do what? Take it by force. Friends, you got to realize whenever you push a marginal society into a corner, 
Do you not know what you're doing? You're creating a powder keg. And even Jesus pronounced, oh, you better get ready. That, that generation is getting ready to rise up and rise out. Why? Because Whenever you marginalize, whenever you push somebody to the sides or the corner and say what they can't be, God takes note of it because God is a God of the poor. He is a God of the have-nots. That's why, friends, you've got to always be careful how you treat everybody, ordinary people. Ah, oh, the secretary at your desk, the, 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 the person in the, the window at McDonald's or Popeye's or your favorite restaurant, whoever you meet, you got to treat everybody as if they are somebody because you never know who God has put your blessings, who never know whose hands God has put your blessings. Would y'all see this final point with me? I got to get out. I got to close this morning. But would you see it with me that God has a way, friends, of accelerating your miracle. And people who watched you in a low place, but oh, somebody ought to know it's getting ready to be your season. Listen, when you feel for others, when you are there for others, your season is on the way because the third point is because once you seek intimacy and sense possibility, you're going to be able to seize the opportunity. Friends, 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 daily, they walked over this man, this one man, this one man evangelism, one man to get to the crowds. Could it be today that our plan for evangelism fails because we're looking for crowds but walking over the one? Could it be today that God says, I want you to work on the person in your house. I want you to work on the person, your neighbor. I want you to work on your family member. Because friends, sometimes in our chase to win the crowd, we leave lame people beside gates in their lives. The people that are closest to us, we don't encourage, we don't uplift them, we don't tell them how wonderful they are, how powerful. Parents, your, your graduates, tell them now how wonderful they are before they perform, before they go out. Tell them every day before they get the scholarship before their name is written in lights and who's who and a hundred this and a hundred that. Tell them every day that you feel for them, you know who they are. Because friends, when you do that, you're going to be, you're going to see a transformation take place in life. Friends, please know today that God can do a new thing in our life. That God can raise us up. That God can elevate the poor. That God can do new things in our life. Can you sense it today? Friends, can you really seize it with me today? Can you really, can you really say, I'm going to, today I'm going to put down my assumptions. I'm going to lay down, I call it laying down the apes. My assumptions, my perspect, my perceptions and my expectations. I want to tell somebody today, lay down your apes, your, your assumptions, what you assume about life, what you assume about people, what you assume about your circumstance. Because everybody assumed this man would never enter into the gate. 
Because friend, lame in the Old Testament meant you couldn't go into the temple. People walked by him every day saying he'll never be into them. But friends, it doesn't matter what people say about you. It only matters what you say about you. If they set you at the gate, don't let, don't stay where they laid you. Wherever they profile you or you wear a hoodie or you don't look like everybody else, friends, don't worry about that because when God is on your side, somebody there, your feet and ankle bones are receiving strength. And in the name of Jesus, God is saying you're rising up, you're getting up, you're being what God has called you to be. I want to encourage somebody, maybe there's someone out there who's been at that gate, who's been there, lame and profiled and judged and marginalized in life. But I want you to know that God has a place in the kingdom for those who are underprivileged because he died not for some, but he died for all. And friends, no matter who you are today, I want to invite you to ask Jesus into your life, into your heart. You maybe be that one. It's not about the crowds, because remember when he, Peter prayed, when he preached, 3,000 people got saved at one time, and in the next chapter, the crowds are gone home. Friend, don't put your trust in crowds. Crowds come and go. But you can put your trust in the Lord. This man walked into the temple, walking, leaping, and praising God, and I believe the same thing is getting ready to happen in your life. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you right now that somebody's feet and ankle bones are receiving strength. Father, first of all, they're getting up on the inside because before they can get up on the outside, they have to first get up on the inside. And I thank you that it's Christ in us that helps us to rise and get up on the inside. Father, to say like the woman with the issue of blood, if I may touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. And friends, I believe today that if you believe that God... If you've- WPBQ, 1240 AM, W232DDFM, 94.3 Jackson. Study the laws of the sea, and you will end up listening to 94.3.
If I never own a mansion Way out on a hill If I never see riches Lord, I'll serve you still If I lose all my possessions And my health begins to fail I can still say If I wake up on tomorrow Find that all of my loved ones are gone Look around and see that my friends are few I'll still keep holding on If I call and there's no answer 